Namaste. Welcome to Infinity Foundation's Kurukshetra podcast. I am your host Divya Nagraj. In this podcast, you will hear Shri Rajiv Malhotra in conversation with Dr. Anil Kumar Dikshit, an Ayurvedic doctor from Mysore. They discuss the role of Ayurveda in treating the coronavirus. Let's listen in. Namaste. This is a difficult time throughout the world. We are going to ask some Ayurvedic experts about the pandemic, how why it happens and what to do about it. Uh, after the first interview, which is with one Dr. Dikshit, uh, you can ask your questions and we'll pose them to the experts. We'll have experts coming every few days to answer your questions. Please post in the comments section of either the YouTube channel or the Facebook channel your name where you live and a very concise clear question Namaste I'm delighted to have with me Dr Anil Kumar Dikshit in Mysuru he's a ayurvedic doctor for 30 years so this is it's a very important guest given the time we're in Uh welcome to the show Dr Dikshit namaste to you Namaste Rajiv ji Dr Dikshit could you just tell us a little bit about the institution where you work and what you do I'm Dr Anil Kumar Dikshit professor uh working in the department of Kaya Chikitsa and I have been a close associate with Prakriti Ayurveda Pratishthana since 2009 and which has been working Uh, for the cause of ayurveda uh, i mean in the three major fields one is the healthcare number two is education and number three is research wonderful so let's just get to the point because everybody is keen to know about this epidemic and pandemic and uh, what ayurveda has to offer so um, uh, i want to find, first of all ask you how does ayurveda classify viruses viruses as distinct from bacteria what is a virus in a ayurvedic framework in ayurveda we do not have a distinction between a virus and a bacteria that's the first thing that i should uh, make it clear all these are understood as bhutas bhutas are the minute features in and around us uh, which are a part of this universe so uh, we consider virus or bacteria also in the context of krimi in the chapter of krimi chikitsa in charaka samhita there is a clear mention about very minute uh, life in the form of uh, virus or bacteria so they are called as sukshma sukshma krimis here i have a question virus is not a living entity bacteria is a living entity correct we know that virus is not a living entity it's a it's a non living material thing which gets attached to our body and does mischief but is not by itself a living entity correct so why is isn't it incorrect to classify a virus like it's the same thing as a bacteria no we are not considering virus here as a living entity that we know from the modern medical science and the technology that we have we can consider virus in the context of bhutas uh we have the whole of the diseases being classified in nija and agantu 
where I would like to place about agantu is something that is from outside getting entry into the body and then causing problems. These are due to uh, bhutas. Bhuta here means the minute particles that can be animate or inanimate, both uh, is understood here. It's a good clarification that uh, bhuta could be inanimate also, which is what the virus is. Uh, I mean, keeping this into in the context, we have the uh, the outside, the external cause, I mean, resulting in the problems of the body. We call it agantuja vyadis, nija vyadis, which are being generated from the inside, disturbing the doshas like the vata, pitta, kapha, the functional elements. They disturb it, cause the imbalance, and thus produce a disease. But there are agantu from outside, extraneous causes. That can be bhuta, that can be agni or the fire, and it can be water, it can be air, it can be a hurt, it can be an injury. So all that also cause diseases. This is what is being mentioned in the context of agantuja vyavis. The whole of diseases are being classified, I repeat, into nija and agantu diseases. So, so what is an epidemic? How, how does, uh, uh, how does uh, Ayurveda deal with the idea of an epidemic? In the texts of Ayurveda, uh, epidemics are being understood under the classification of uh, Janapatodhvamsa. Janapatodhvamsa is where the problems occur in the Janapada. Janapada means the community. And here in this context, the corona or whatever we are, COVID-19, all these can be considered as Janapatodhvamsa, yeah, these like pandemic conditions. How does Ayurveda diagnose that somebody has COVID-19 because you know in allopathic you do a medical test and you do a you know you do analysis of a swab or something like that uh, but if somebody did not have that available if someone went to an Ayurvedic doctor and said please tell me what's wrong with me how would the Ayurvedic doctor using traditional methods diagnose it we need not have to diagnose COVID-19 as a disease entity at all we need to understand the body type. We need to understand the problems that are set in and the doshas at the, there are discover, I mean, like uh, imbalances in the body humors that we can understand through the science and symptomatology. When we consider this big population of 130 crores in India, we cannot expect every person to get through the test done. So the government itself has suggested do the clinical examination, start treating them. And so when there is the problems not coming under control, then we go into the swab test or whatever test, blood test and the swab test that are done. Keeping that in mind, I think in the lines of Ayurveda, we should directly go into the science and symptomatology and examine the patient. The We call it rogabala the disease, the strength of the disease, like how strong are the symptoms and the rogibala, the, uh, the uh, strength and the immune systems of an individual that we understand. And based on that, we plan the uh, prognosis as well as the therapies, treatments. You know, uh, the numbers in India are less than in many other countries. Correct. And also, also in Africa, it's less. Correct. Also in uh, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka, Nepal, it's less. So is it, is it something to do with the immune system of the people? Is it something that maybe people have been infected with malaria and they got immunity because this is some kind of related disease? 
or is it to do with temperature that uh, in warmer uh, temperatures it does not spread the virus does not live so long uh, or is it to do with uh, dna in built in dna uh, i mean certainly the government policies have have been very good in clamping it down but also is the population inherently more resilient uh, from the ayurveda point of view how would you explain all this uh, to tell you all these questions are the answers themselves as you have rightly mentioned all these factors are to be considered but apart from that i would definitely tell you there is an inherent immune systems which are stronger uh, and again i do i tell you the food habits and the uh, the lifestyle indian lifestyle is totally different from uh, whatever the other nations are suffering with lot of uh, health issues uh, what i would like to i mean quote it here is that we always make the food here we eat isn't it like we make our food and the food is always fresh we make the morning breakfast we have our lunch being freshly prepared and we don't preserve them for long and we don't generally i mean we go into natural materials that are in and around us though it is becoming uh, global now eating everything uh, which is available is going global but still we still have the habit and probably that has given us better immune systems to fight against this virus so here i would say here i would say because Please. i go to india a lot i would say what you are describing is true of the rural areas and a lot of people uh, certain social demographics in places like delhi but you know the modern elite and the youth they all go here and there they're going to this pizza place and this kfc place and fast food sure. this is all fast food culture refrigeration culture is very big in india i mean a large number of people in the urban areas are highly westernized in their eating habit correct so but you know so how do you explain it there has to be something more than just i know some people are still following traditional uh, eating habits but a lot of people are not in india but still uh, but still see it is not that today's habits have made a difference that our forefathers have lived that tradition and probably we have inherited all those properties probably i would owe it to this also and also as you rightly told only the urban mass a little of them are uh, the sort that you told now but still in many cities most of at least something like 70% of them make their food 70% of them though they have less time and all that but yet they live to the possible uh, lifestyle things so i'm glad you give credit to the uh, ancestors i think we owe a lot of not to the karma the good work of our heritage uh, because they they've given us they've given us things we should be grateful for and sometimes we are not sufficiently Correct. grateful for what we have inherited that you know we need to kind of we need to reinvest back in that maybe people will go back to less eating out and fast food and home delivery of food and all maybe they'll go back to you know you cook your own food and traditionally you Correct. even grow your own food i mean you grow your own food Correct. so Correct. you're eating what's locally grown and you're not eating necessarily what's gr uh, grown somewhere 1000 miles away and refrigerated and brought right. in some trucks and all that stuff right correct so the entire 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 food food uh, from from growing to eating that whole uh, supply chain has to be questioned i guess correct that has to be addressed and uh, probably there we have the solution also 
if we can go back to that tradition with whatever possible way, I think we are also trying to attend the problems and so that we can come out of this too. Though there need to be different steps to be taken at present. Do you feel there's some climatic thing also? Could be climatic? Definitely. Um, now we call this time is uh, Vasantarutu. The time of, uh, it is called Vasantarutu in India now with the uh, Yugadi just finished uh, recently. And the beginning of the year and the first month is the Vasantarutu. Vasantarutu where we expect kapha changes happening and wherein there is a lot of uh, nasal and mucosal affections with the lungs and all are common. Leave apart COVID, but it's common during this season. But because of the seasons not exactly falling the same way as it is expected to, it is very hot now compared to, uh, you know, the Vasanta which should have been. It is almost like a hot summer here. Probably also has a role to play. And probably we call this Rutusandhi. Rutusandhi is something like in between the two seasons. It is not a hot summer. It is not very cold. It is in between. So the body has to change, shift, adapt itself from the previous season to the next season. And so we need to also change our lifestyle little by little to adapt to the present condition. Probably most of the diseases do happen in the Rutusandhi. It is the intermediate time uh, in between, the transit in between the two seasons. Given that now it's happened in India, I mean, there was this uh, mosque event a few days ago and they spread it out very carelessly. I mean, very ridiculous. Given that it's happened to, to some extent, what, what does Ayurveda suggest we should do to control the spread? Uh, sir, I would like to quote the Charaka Samhita. Okay. There is a reference which says, Prasangat Gatra Samisparshat Nishwasat it means prasangat, like you know, by being together in the closer contact, and then gatra samsparshat by touching and being in um, in physical contact, and then sahashaya asanat, like we are sleeping on the same bed or sitting in the same um, in closed uh, places. All these things. Uh, would spread the disease. Eating the uh, food from the same plate, I mean, like Sahabhojanath has been mentioned. So these are the causes for communicable diseases. Probably this is so apt to say, like we have been together in a very small, uh, four, within the small four walls and a lot of uh, breathing in between. And like, no, I breathe, the, the other person takes in, I sneeze, the other person takes in. And so, all these factors, Prasangat, Gatrasamsparshat, Nishwasat, Sahabhojanat, Sahashaya, Asanat, Chaiva, like all these are the responsible things uh, which has caused this COVID-19 to spread very rampantly. Uh, and probably if we can avoid this, I mean, you break this channel, you know, uh, the chain has been suggested by Charaka Samhita. If we can break the chain, if you are not together, as social distancing has been suggested very strongly here. So that itself makes it like probably uh, the Charaka Samhita Karada, who has written Charaka Samhita, has thought of every small things and would have mentioned this. Uh, I mean, it is laudable here. Yes. Probably this itself, if we can just eliminate this cause, we can do much better. So this will help the spread. But let's say now somebody, a patient comes to you and he already has 
COVID-19. So how would you treat him? See, uh, we would look into, we would, I mean, patients do come in two categories. One with the diagnosis of COVID-19, which is not happening now because COVID-19 people are already taken into custody. Like, I mean, the hospitals take it and they, I mean, isolate them and treat them separately. So they do not come to us with the brand COVID-19 in their head. So, but it can, since it is in the public, the COVID-19 person may come and present the symptoms. And even today, yesterday, I have been coming across patients, babies to elderly people with a runny nose, sore throat, cough, and fever. And as with any other disease, we start working on them. Ayurveda management of any disease can be broadly discussed under three heads. Number one is Yukti Vepashraya. Yukti Vepashraya is with medicines, with therapies, and Sattva Vajaya Chikitsa with the management of the psyche, like trying to work on the psychology of an individual, try to improve his mind uh, will to bear the problem. And number three, Daiva Vyapashraya Chikitsa, which is through Mantra, Mani, Japa, Tapa, all these things. Okay, all these three factors have been discussed in the texts of Ayurveda. Practically speaking, we are working on these first two categories, all the Ayurveda doctors, our first two categories through the, uh, we examine, we examine, identify the problems, identify the doshas because problems like COVID-19 have been existing from time immemorial. So it is not new to us, only the name itself is new. Charaka himself has told, you need not have to worry about name of the disease. It can be new, new diseases may come, says Charaka Samhita. He says, work on the doshas, try to understand the pathology and then try to reverse the pathology with medicines and whatever means that are possible. It is left to the discretion of the Vaidya to decide on them. So we do take these patients, we do uh, judge the problems, uh, problems with the body type and the dosha that is increased. If say sore throat has increased, we consider Kapha is there, Pitta in association, there is uh, rise in the temperature, so there is a fever. And so there is metabolism, increased metabolism, and there are respiratory problems associated like cough, and it can be some sputum sometimes. And probably when it has led to pneumonia, there are much graver symptoms like uh, total breathlessness to uh, spitting the blood also. So depending on this, whatever is easily handleable, we immediately do it. And then when the problem is not coming under control in the next few days, usually four to 10 days or 14 days, most of the disease I mean, the process is complete. Uh, so we would definitely know if the problem is increasing, then probably even the patient is not being diagnosed COVID-19 has to be sent to test. And in most of the cases, 90 to 95 to 96% of the patients do go, uh, get healed by this uh, approach, by this approach. Very good. This is very helpful. So now tell me, why is it that older people are more likely to be in trouble than the very young people? This is what they're finding in the Western countries that while there are young people who also have problems, uh, very, very few have died who are below the age of 20 or something. Uh, whereas people above the, a certain age, very high mortality rate. So what does age have to do with all this from Ayurveda point of view? From Ayurveda point of view, 
there has been classification of the fragile age group. Number one is infants. Number two is very elderly. Bala, Vruddha, and there are Sutikas, like uh, who has just delivered babies. I mean, the lady, like just Prasuta, three. I mean, even they are very susceptible. And those who have been suffering from chronic diseases, like Jirna Rogas, you know, even they, like for example, uh, diabetes or hypertension or other metabolic disorders, maybe something like obesity, or there can be various other factors too. So all these people come into the classification of fragile age group. May it be COVID-19 or any other disease for that matter, all these things are taken into consideration and then treat. The treatment has to be planned that way. Even for the bala, like the very young infants, we need to check the body immune systems to go strong while helping with the medicines. Likewise with very elderly people also. They are fragile people and we need to work on them with special attention. And even medicines should be of very low dose and depending on the strength of the individual, we need to improve upon their treatments too. And there are many such informations being clearly mentioned. Sir. Very good, very good. So now tell me, uh, in China, this thing started with bats. It came from animals Correct. because they eat bats, they eat those things. So does Ayurveda have a message that, you know, we are not supposed to eat bats, we are not supposed to eat animals. Maybe there are certain viruses that uh, uh, certain, uh, uh, you know, these uh, bhutas that live in animals and are okay. That's they're, they're okay if they live in animals, but they are not supposed to live in us. Are there, do you classify these, uh, these pathogens uh, based on, you know, some pathogens are very good for, I mean, some kind of things that live in our body, uh, uh, you know, microbiome, they are yes. good for us. I yeah, mean, they help yes, us digest. Yes, That's why we take probiotics. Correct. So, uh, is there a classification of what's human friendly and what may be bat friendly, dog friendly, cat friendly, but not human friendly? And so, we are not supposed to eat those things. Uh, in Ayurveda, there has been specific things being mentioned. Uh, I would like to quote Nitya Rasayana. The con I mean, the concept of Nitya Rasayana. Nitya Rasayana means you have to take them regularly to promote your health. Rasayana means that which promote the health. All the vital, uh, you know, spirits would improve. This is called a Rasayana. Okay, like the body tissues improve, the immune systems improve. All this happened with Rasayana. Nitya Rasayana is everyday consumption of Nitya Rasayana can make you strong and you would not fall, uh, you don't fall sick at all. For example, uh, rice is old rice is one nitya rasayana you have to consume regularly the indian gooseberry amla is to be consumed every day regularly ghee the cow's ghee has to be consumed everybody has to consume it every day this is nitya rasayana like that we have like mungal has been understood as a nitya rasayana so we have the list of them and there are seven practices eating different uh, eating practices too and that which is not okay for the body has also been mentioned. For example, there is a concept called satmya, that which does good for me. I am satmya to the Mysore system of eating. The other person can be satmya or no, that becomes okay for him, uh, the Delhi type of eating. So there are eating, regional eating habits 
which has been there for generations. So that has to be maintained. I need not have to change to eating oats here in Mysore because oats is not being grown here. So like that, uh, for example, the refined oil that we consume, the refined oil that we consume is not the oil that my forefathers were using. So this causes immune uh, differences and thereby make us susceptible to fall sick. Keeping this in mind, everyone has some eating habits, say. There are good eating habits, everybody accepts that. There are certain bad eating habits. They call it, I mean, that bad eating habits are called as okasatnya in Ayurveda. And this, by practice, they have got it accustomed to. But if you know it is not okay, you need to gradually shift it towards good eating practices. So we need to understand this and probably uh, avoid preferably non-vegetarian eating. But Ayurveda is not a vegetarian, vegetarianism preaching uh, science. In the context of diseases, in the context of uh, uh, you know seasons, there has been specific mention of what you need to eat, what you should not eat with meat also, with non-vegetarian food too. What would you like, what would you suggest people like me to do in terms of eat these things every day or do, I mean, I do my meditation, I do some yoga in the morning, I, I, uh, I, I you know, do the uh, cleansing uh, as required, I do a, I'm a, I eat a vegetarian diet. It's all home cooked. Uh, uh, you know, I go for walks. Now, a lot of people are doing these things. But what would be special that you would like to add in terms of diet or in terms of what some particular thing that we should all have? I'm going to get amla because you said so. I'm going to go and get some amla because that's something <laughs> that's I'm nice. not eating every day. I have to confess, I just eat it once in a while. But I, I, we do take ghee. We do have all of these things. We do have moong dal. We have. But tell us some more what else we should do so that we can stay healthy? To stay healthy, we have to eat fresh. We have to have little oilier food. It is not that too much oily, like little oily, like with ghee or the oils, whichever is suited to you. And it should be uh, freshly prepared, like ushna, laghu. Laghu means light. It's not a heavy eating. It should be light to digest. And uh, it should comprise of rice, which is generally very well easily accepted than the others. Millets have been in the practice now. If your ancestral uh, ancestors have been using millets, even that is okay, but in moderation. Meat, very much in moderation. You should have to have fruits, but not with uh, your lunch or dinner. It should be in between fruits that is very seasonal and uh, uh, not as you rightly told, the preserved and somewhere, sometime long back harvested. And these are the few things. And as you rightly told, physical activities play a very, very important role. Vyayama has been given the prime importance in Dhinacharya, the daily regime. The, in the Dhinacharya, we have also like very small mention. I mean, it is so minute that you should apply oil into the nostrils that we have not been practicing at all. We should apply oil to the scalp that we are not doing also. I mean, these are the few things uh, that we can practice. Probably when we put oil, we call it Pratimarshanasya in Ayurveda. Two drops of 
the vegetable oil it can be the till oil or it can be the groundnut or the peanut oil or it can be coconut oil whichever are ghee very easily acceptable accepted thing one of these two two drops to each nostril and you have to uh, sniff it inside and then it just makes a layer coating into the mucosal layer which helps to improve the immune systems against most of these conditions and also we have gargling that most of us sometimes like with the indian uh, you know brought up they know this and many people do not practice this too uh, we have an oil pulling the western people know this too uh, oil pulling or with any of the uh, like sesame oil you can just put a, a teaspoon of that and roll it swish it uh, into your mouth and uh, for 2 minutes or so so that your mouth is totally full with the saliva then you spit it so swishing the oil within help a lot to cleanse too and in the meantime periodical langhana has to be done too langhana is fasting fasting therapy is so good now intermittent fasting everybody knows probably 12 hours of fasting to 16 hours of fasting we can improve upon and probably not eating one time like skipping a dinner or uh, skipping a day's meal can also be taken as a body detox uh, this has been suggested in our tradition and specifically so in ayurveda too uh, we can do the fasting therapy vyayama definitely uh, like yoga we have anuloma viloma vyayama pranayama and we have nadi shodhana and uh, uh, kapalabhati would help to improve the lung capacity so that we would be able to i mean fight and clear off our i mean whatever the organisms that may cause the problems what do you what do you think of the karma aspect do you think that this uh, virus taking on the whole world is karmic response because human beings have not been very good to nature we have not been good to animals we have not been good to the plants and we've polluted too much we've taken over forests so do you think that the karma of human beings collectively not any one individual correct uh, means that we built up a huge karmic debt we built up a huge karmic debt as human beings and sometimes there's a volcano or a tsunami or a, a whatever so now this is a pandemic uh, to kind of uh, give us a message karmically that we have to change our lifestyle ayurveda has three ways of management yukti vyapashraya with the medicines and therapies and sattva vajaya to improve the psyche of an individual try to make him face the consequence better and number 3 is daiva vyapashraya chikitsa which works on the karma daiva while def- defining daiva there it it mentions daivam yat paurva daihikam it says that it is the karma that we have derived from our previous births so this karma has a definite role to play definitely there is no doubt at all so we need to do the positive karmas this time and now when we are here uh, to overcome probably the problems of the future we have to work on this as you rightly told it is the collective karma of the whole human mob and that is why is the whole things happening that is for sure yeah because you know we think that uh, modern people are very smart and very progressive and aggressive and all that we've done great things as humanity but we've done it at the expense of nature in some cases we have not been fair to nature and so this is perhaps right. mother nature giving us a warning that it could get pretty bad right, so i don't i right, want sir. to leave right, on sir. a positive note what is your 
what is your prediction of what will happen now with this pandemic what will what will happen will it get solved will it be permanently with us is this a virus that will be with us always like you know malaria will never go away or do you think this will be solved the problem would be solved all of us would definitely get immune to the problem that we have and we would live it is the life force and we are all living because there is a force within us uh, you know that thing which makes us we have to live we are not uh, you know uh, giving away so we are overcoming that we are not giving up this and it is not that we are not giving up in collectively it is that my human life i am fighting this so every human life is fighting this so thereby it develops a stronger immune systems only thing is the corrections are to be required the lifestyle has to be modified and uh, you know uh, the psyche has to be uh, working in the very proper way the sattva the mind has to be corrected and with all this uh, with all good things shanti uh, as we have loka savastha sukhino bhavantu sarve santu niramaya that is the note and when we start praying everyone of us start praying this and it should happen thank you namaskar to you and thank you so much you are most welcome sir and you are doing great work you are helping people on the front lines and we we honor you uh, and please do keep coming back i would love love to continue this conversation i hope you enjoyed this podcast do write to us any feedback suggestions or questions you might have on infinity foundation podcast at the rate of gmail.com thank you